It was the first day of summer, and Colorado celebrated with nearly two feet of snow on the ground. Professor Alice Roberts leaves Twitter because she finds it being a very, very nasty place. We'll explain about that. And Georgia officials are investigating after 54 kids found themselves becoming sick at the summer camp. These are three pretty big stories of the week, and you guys said they were big stories, but they weren't top 10 material as per you. So what stories were in the tops for this week? We will get to those in just a moment right here on the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending June the 29th, 2019. And welcome to the show. My name, as already stated, Jay Cleveland Payne. This show also stated the wrap-up show. The wrap-up show is exactly as the name implies. Oh, it's actually a little bit deeper. It's a wrap-up of the weekly stories that we post every single day. And that is kind of oxymoron. At our social media sites attached to The Conversation Project at thisistheconversation.com. Now, you can follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. And on Facebook, look for This Is The Conversation. And if you follow us and make sure we are main sources of your feeds, you will see that every 50 minutes or so, we are posting a news link to various sources. Some of them you love, some of them you hate, some of them you don't trust, but most of them are pretty trustworthy. Every so often, one slips by us, and every so often, there's a headline that's just so clickbait-worthy that we can't resist. So we put it out there for something to have a conversation with. Now, the whole point is to see what the people, that's you guys, would actually want to talk about, which are actually interesting stories, as opposed to what's just on the breaking news chirons. And we've had a lot of serious breaking news things that were very conversational this week, but we also have a lot of things throughout the day that's just Trump did this thing after he did that thing after something else. I live in the States, and it's a whole lot of Trump on cable news every day. And the dirty little secret is cable news isn't watched by as many people as it's led to believe, or we're led to believe, but it is a main source of where people are putting their news, and some of it very skewed. So we give you sources from all over the place, different news sources, some big news organizations, some other aggregators as well, and we've become an aggregator of great stories. So every 50 minutes, you will see a new link posted on both the social media sites, and if you think it's conversational with something that interests you you want to get deeper into it like the headline love the headline share the headline definitely read the story and just interact with the story and the more engagement a story gets the higher it gets into the rankings we take the scores from the facebook and twitter and at the end of the week from a friday-ish morning to a friday-ish morning we put them in a spreadsheet weigh them out spread them together add them together do a little magical subtraction division stuff with the spreadsheet and we get a ranking from one to the bottom of the list which is this week at 197 a bit of mea culpa we'll talk about that more in the housekeeping section and i'll explain that in a second but first segment is the top 10 we'll go through the listing but counting them down from 10 to 1 old style casey Kasem style the stories that you thought were the biggest hits for the week and how big they were in comparison in the second segment the middle segment we will do housekeeping we'll talk about the weirdness of the week this week we'll talk about two that is two super stories of the week and how we only have 197 stories for this week technically we lost a day of stats I'm sorry. And then the third segment, we do shout outs. We give extra love to people who uh, popped up in the feed doing extra things for us inside of Twitter and Facebook. And we also will go through what we call rounding out the top 15. These are stories, some of which you've already heard the headlines from in the tease. Stories that were close, but not quite close enough. We don't go into deep detail on how far away they were other than their rankings. But these are some stories that could have made it in with a little extra love from you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the love you gave for the top 10 stories right now. There's a saying in the black community about your sugar, essentially the diabetes. Diabetes is often called the sugar because that's what is the, that's the issue with your sugar regulation. And I actually have diabetes. So this is a story that hits close to home, but it's usually just a joke that people eat that much sugar, or that much sweet stuff are going to give themselves diabetes. This is a case where apparently it actually happened. Headline in number 10, man buys coffee at 7-Eleven every day because he's crushing on cashier gets diabetes. Saturday, June 22nd is the day that this one was posted. So let's read a few lines from this story. And we got this story, pulled it down from Next Shark. So it's one of those kind of iffy stories, if you will, but bear with us. 
A Taiwanese man was diagnosed with diabetes after buying coffee every day at a nearby 7-Eleven because he had a crush on a female employee. The unidentified man shared a story on a popular Taiwanese forum called The Card on Monday. According to the World of Buzz, the man titled his post saying, When we are chasing after a girl, us guys need to depend on our perseverance to get the girl. His infatuation started two years ago when he first saw the 7-Eleven employee nearby Branch. Determined to get her attention and to make sure that she would remember him, the man decided to make his coffee order more special by requesting five spoonfuls of sugar in his coffee. Surprised by his request, the woman asked, Wouldn't this be too sweet? The man then replied, Not as sweet as you. The line surprisingly worked as the woman gave him a smile. But that moment on, he kept coming back to the 7-Eleven branch to buy coffee with the same amount of sugar from that woman. However, things took a turn for the worse as the man revealed in the last sentence, two years later, I got diabetes. Now, you can go check out the link to the story. All the links to all of our stories are at the page for this week's podcast at thisisaconversation.com. So go to the main website and click on this week's podcast and see the links. Of course, you can go deeper into this one because, as you would suspect, most people are kind of sad for the guy, but the other part of the people who are those most people are a little skeptical of how the story works because basically just eating sugar doesn't actually supposedly give you diabetes. It's a bit more complicated than that. As a person with it, trust me, I know. So check it out, read a bit more into it for yourself, and see how skeptical or not you are in the entire story. So why not follow a story about a guy giving himself diabetes with a guy who's walking around naked in the airport? Because that's what we're doing today. Story number nine, headline, Naked Man Tries to Get Past Security at Detroit Airport, Friday, June 21st, the day we posted that, and a bump in response. That means this story was more responded to by you guys out there than the last story by 15.98%. From the Detroit News, here's a few lines from this story. A traveler at Detroit Metro Airport stripped down and tried to get through a security checkpoint Friday morning, officials said. At approximately 6.30 this morning, a man walked up to the checkpoint in Detroit Metropolitan Airport, McNara's Terminal. Erica Donerson, a spokeswoman for the Wayne County Airport Authority, said in a statement, he removed his clothing, disconnected a stanchion, and approached a metal detector. TSA officials did not allow him through the metal detector, she said. The Wayne County Airport Authority Police and Fire Department responded and determined the man did not place a security threat. man was transported to an area hospital. Spokesperson for the TSA referred questions to local law enforcement officials. Hufsa Kapadia 44 of Bloomfield Hills said he was in line at the security checkpoint at the airport when the naked man was taken into custody by TSA agents at the time. Capetia was heading to board a flight to Florida. Quote from him, I thought I heard something, someone saying, he's faking, he's faking, he said. It turned out she was saying, he's naked, he's naked. I travel frequently and this is the first time in my life something like this has happened. Full story right there. But there are no pictures. There is no scene. There's a kind of a randomist picture. Uh, well, not so much random. It's a picture of the naked man, but he's basically covered by people going there. And there's some YouTube footage if you want to go look for it because there's always a camera on you everywhere. Let's move on to the story in the number eight spot this week. Headline, coup attempt underway in Ethiopia. This was posted on Saturday, June the 22nd from BNO News, where we pulled it, and it's a bump in response from the nine story of 12.2%. Um, so this story has been updated quite a bit since it actually went through because what was going through with the time. So we'll go through what's updated at, as, as it was left. The updated headline on the story has governor among officials killed in Ethiopia coup attempt. A few lines from the story as it is now. A governor and several officials were killed when an undivided group tried to seize power in Ethiopia, according to state-run media, which said the coup attempt was successfully defeated. Internet services were shut down across the country. The violence erupted on early Saturday evening and appeared to focus on Bahir Dar, the capital of Amhar, a regional state in northwest Ethiopia. The U.S. Embassy said gunfire was also heard in Addis Ababa, 
the nation's capital. Residents in Bahar Dar said heavy gunfire had taken place at multiple locations, including the regional government headquarters, the Amara Police Department, and Office of Ruling Party. Some of the gunfire involved automatic weapons. Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed addressed the nation in a military uniform a few hours later and said the situation was under control. Most of the coup plotters were taken into custody, but some of them were still at large, according to the local officials. You can read more into this because it's really deep and really detailed and shows what things go on in other nations. This things, things like this, we are happy doesn't happen here in the States. There is no such thing as a violent takeover of the nation in any case. And while there are some jokes that aren't so funny about what may happen if the current president decides he ain't leaving, we're pretty sure there won't be anything as serious as this to happen, whether to force him out early or late. But it's a scary world out there, and this is a international podcast. We have plenty of people listening all over the world, and so we pick up on top stories around the world. This is one that's pretty important that if you didn't know what was going on or what could go on in some places, now you have some idea of what's happening. The world is a very scary place at times. Let's move on to the number seven story. Still another scary place type story. The headline is Arctic cruise ship seized by Russia, quote, suddenly and unexpectedly. This was pulled up by Newsweek. We put it out there on Sunday, June 23rd. 21.05% bump in response from the number eight story. A few lines quickly from that story as well. A Canadian cruise company is taking legal action after Russian government agents seized two polar cruise ships it had been leasing without warning. For the last eight years, One Ocean Expeditions, OOE, had provided cruises to the Arctic and Antarctic aboard the research vessels MV Academic Aovi and the MV Academic Survey. But OOE is crying foul after the vessel owners had taken the ships, quote, suddenly and unexpectedly, unquote, to the Russian enclave of Kaliningrad for repairs, Travel.com reported. The company had launched legal action, and the vessels will not be available for the next cruising season. Quote, the owner's refusal to provide the vessels is a breach of the contract of with OOE, the company said, insisting that it had, quote, done everything in its power to compel the owners to abide by their contractual obligations, Traveler.com reported. However, the owner of the vessels, the P.P. Shuroff Institute of Oceanology of the Russian Academy of Sciences, I-O-R-A-S, which was much easier to say, which is a Russian government agency, said it had done nothing wrong. In a statement to Cruise Industry News, it pointed out that it had, quote, no contractual relationship with and consequently had no liability to One Ocean Expeditions. Feel free to stop by the website, click on the link for this week's podcast, and click on the link for the story, which you put in the number seven spot. Normally, I would not suspect it's something like this, but you guys put it there, so that's why it's there. And it also, while not as scary as the story of the coup in Ethiopia, does show that there's all sorts of trickiness when dealing with foreign nations and international waters. And, of course, dealings with Russian agencies. We've had some issues with those here in the States for a bit and may have a few more later on. But that's a story for another day. In the sixth spot with something that's actually a fairly big discussion point within my group of friends, which is the mystique of B-dubs, which is Buffalo Wild Wings. The mystique at a Westchester, Los Angeles location lost a bit of luster this week with this headline. Big rat drops from ceiling onto customers' menu at Buffalo Wild Wings at Westchester. Posted Friday, June 21st, bump in response of 11.1% from the seven story. From the Channel 4 out there in Los Angeles, the NBC affiliate, here are some stuff from their website. An unwelcome surprise dropped into a woman's table at Buffalo Wild Wings in the Westchester area of Los Angeles the other day. A live rat dropped from the ceiling onto her table. Aisha Norman says the manager claims construction is to blame. I knew the rat was going to be injured because it hit like a Mack truck, she said. Norman says she hadn't even ordered when they heard something overhead. You could hear something come down, she said. Norman, on vacation from Texas, said she requested a manager who came over to help with two plates in his hands. He took two plates, and then they just picked it up and dumped it in a bag, she said. It was terrible. It was disgusting. She's not angry. 
She says the manager took care of her bill to compensate for the lunchtime fallout. Spokesperson for Buffalo Wild Wings issued the following statement, quote, The isolated incident at the Westchester area of Buffalo Wild Wings in Los Angeles yesterday was unfortunate. The center where the restaurant is located is undergoing significant construction, and we are confident it was directly related. We hold Buffalo Wild Wings to the highest operating standards and promptly close the restaurant for proper remediation, cleaning, and sanitation. We look forward to reopening soon to once again serve our guests in the Westchester area. You really don't have to go, well, you can go click on the link for this one and see the news story as produced by Channel 4, but it's a pretty simple thing. Construction brought in rats. Rats fell onto plates or into a table. Lady's not mad about it, which is kind of the oddest thing is the fact that she wasn't all that mad about it because they, they hooked her up with the bill, I guess. So if you have a reason to hate Buffalo Wild Wings, which many people hate it just because it exists, you can add this to your list of B-dub faults. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to stay away from our Buffalo Wild Wings just in case construction or otherwise and the number five spot is uh first of our two super stories this week a super story is one story essentially that we pull with two headlines posted within the week two or more it's in some cases and we add the scores together so we don't have multiples in line and we give it to you at that spot this is a story that between the two would have ranked the two in the lower ends of the top 10 that's in top 15s but together it comes out as a five spot this was a pretty big story and i'm surprised it didn't come out as big on its own but probably because it was split between so many different sources when it came about we're going with the headline the second headline because it essentially is the finale to the story Beth Chapman, reality star and wife of Dwayne Dog Chapman, dies after battle with cancer. We're going to read from The Blast, which is the full story after she died. The first headline we had was Beth Chapman's yanked out IVs and forced doctors to put her into medically induced coma. That was the big kerfuffle that made the social media first, and then she passed away a few days later. Wednesday, June 26th is the day we posted the second headline, the one we're going to read. First headline was posted on Monday, June 24th. 1.31% bump in response from the number six story in this combined super story. Here is some lines from Blast, which is essentially a, a blog, an entertainment blog that gives you info on people that you want to know about. Beth Chapman, who starred alongside her husband, Dwayne Dog Chapman on Dog to Bonnie Hunter, passed away on Wednesday after a long bout with cancer. She was 51. We're told she was surrounded by family when she died. Dwayne Chapman tweeted after her passing, writing, It's 5.30 in Hawaii. This is the time we would wake up to go hike Coco Head Mountain. Only today, she hiked the stairway to heaven. We all love you, Beth. See you on the other side. WGN America, which is slated to air a new reality show starting Chapman later this year, tweeted condolences as well. We are deeply saddened by the tragic news that Mrs. Dog C, that's her Twitter name, lost her battle with cancer today. She was an exceptional woman. All of us at WGN America will miss her tremendously. Our thoughts and prayers are out to Dog Bonnie Hunter, his family, loved ones, and millions of fans. Now, if you've been following this story for a while, she had been dealing with cancer for quite some time, and just a few weeks ago was essentially in the hospice care, kind of waiting to go. Monday, we got the notice that she was put into a forced coma, an induced coma, because medical staff had to calm her down. She was just going hysterical, in fact, yanking out her IVs uh, and being a bit violent in the process. Now, with the final passing, the literal final passing, we have an end to the story, and we have a, I guess, a sense of peace for Beth Chapman. We are trying to find something other than saying thoughts and prayers, but we are offering up those thoughts and prayers to Dog, Dwayne Chapman, the family, the friends, and the fans of Beth Chapman, uh, who, of course, have followed her and her husband and their company's exploits for quite some time. Let's move ahead to the next story. Uh, this one is posted on Friday, June 21st, a bump in response of 10.82%. And it shows that just because you're famous and just because you are royal, air quotes on that one, you don't necessarily get away with everything. And you do have to share some responsibility with your actions. This one is a very, very odd one, but kind of go along with me as I read. First, a very, very long 
headline we posted, and then we go deeper into the story. The 83-year-old woman who was hit by Prince William and Kate Middleton's police convoy is reportedly in critical condition with a dangerous head injury, a broken pelvis, broken leg, and broken arms. As we said, posted Friday, June the 21st, 10.82% bump in response on that story. The 83-year-old woman who was hit by Kate Middleton and Prince William's police convoy is in a hospital with severe injuries, including broken arms, broken leg, broken pelvis, and a dangerous head injury, the Mail Online reports. The accident took place at 12.50 p.m. on Monday when the Duke and Duchess were on their way to Windsor for the Order of the Garter service. A police motorcade motorcycle clipped the woman named locally as Irene Mayer with his wing mirror while driving on the wrong side of the road in Richmond, West London, eyewitnesses told Mail Online. Meanwhile, Mayer's sister, Joyce Shore, told the Mail Online that Mayer could have been killed. Irene may, ha- may not get through this, Shore said. She is just an ordinary lady who minds her own business, and then this happened. The police killed, so she could easily have been killed. However, our witnesses told the mail online that motorcyclist was not going fast, but was on the wrong side of the road when hit the when hit mare, leaving her with a bleeding head wound. You can go deeper into the story. It goes very long in details on what's going on and how these things seem to be happening a lot recently. The source for the story is Business Insider, but as you said, it's they basically sourced it from um, the London Mail Online. Let's move ahead to the next story, which is a weirder one, but one that hopefully brings, I don't know, peace to your life, joy to your life, a sense of right, I guess. Uh, The headline is R the Donald, a pro Trump Reddit forum has been quarantined. We got this from the Daily Beast. Uh, Wednesday, June 26th is the day that we posted it. A bumper response, get this, of 109%. That's coming from the four to the three, and it just gets crazier as we get closer to number one. So bear with us on that one. But here is some lines from the Daily Beast with this story here. Reddit quarantined the Donald subreddit on Wednesday, citing threats made on the popular forum for Trump supporters against law enforcement officers. Quote, recent behaviors include threats against the police and public figures is content that is prohibited by our violence policy. A Reddit spokesperson said in a statement, more from the statement, as a result, we have sanctioned action individuals, users, and quarantined the subreddit. Apologies for bad reading. The new quarantine was brought on by anti-police threats posted on the Donald. Some users had apparently encouraged violence against law enforcement, angered that officials in Oregon were trying to bring back GOP state senators who filed the state, who fled the state to avoid voting on a climate change bill. In a note to the Donald moderators, Reddit administrators said they had, quote, observed this behavior in the form of encouragement of violence towards police officers and public officials in Oregon. It's not clear what post prompted the quarantine, but on Monday, Media Matters detailed the number of anti-police matches posted on the Donald. One one user posted that they would have, quote, no problem shooting a cop trying to strip rights from citizens. Another wrote, quote, rifles are the only way we're going to get any peace in our lives again. With roughly 750,000 subscribers, the Donald was one of the largest forums for Trump fans on the Internet and by far the largest on Reddit. The site became so prominent in the Trump movement that Trump himself answered questions from the forum members during the 2016 campaign. You read, you, you really need to go to the website and click the link for this week's podcast and read more on the story because this gets really, really detailed and really weird. While this is a large group of citizens who have a right to think how they want to think as long as they're not harming other people, they are literally talking about harming other people, and those people happen to be law enforcement officers doing their job. The problem is they're not harassing the right people. They're harassing the Republican senators who um, left, who fled the state because they don't want to vote on a bill. We're going to we're going to not throw any extra commentary on that one because I I, this one I might get myself in trouble for. We're going to move on to the next couple stories because it gets crazy the way they go. 
Now, the number two story this week was posted on Wednesday, June 26. It gets a bump response of 62.74% from the three. And yes, it gets even crazier from there, believe it or not. Headline from Newsweek. New York men arrested for cheating at roulette during casino's launch event, police say. Let's read some lines from Newsweek Online where the story was published. Four people were arrested at a casino in Boston, Massachusetts during its first 24 hours of being open for business, including two men accused of cheating at roulette. Janaki S. Volquez, 28, and Hector Hernandez, 56, both of the Bronx, New York, were charged with cheating and conspiracy after allegedly being spotted cheating together at the roulette table while attending the opening day of the $2.6 billion Encore Boston Harbor Casino on June 23rd. The third person was also arrested on suspicion of trespassing for returning after being kicked out of the casino, while a fourth was arrested on suspicion of disorderly conduct. This person was also issued a summons on a possession of heroin charge. Well, there you go. Police downplayed the arrest, stating that the number was small given the thousands of people who attended the grant launch. Quote, very limited problems, Everett Police Chief Stephen A. Mazzi told the Boston Globe. Overall, we feel good. Everett Police also said they were happy with how things went on the first day, despite the arrest and the sheer number of people attending. Another quote, the grand opening of Encore Boston Harbor went smooth this morning. The department wrote on Facebook, thanks to all the visitors for the patience and the big thank you to our officers for helping make the event successful early on. So while we try not to be link baity and we use the exact headline they use from Newsweek, we also know that some of these things catch your attention and they do it on purpose. It didn't turn out to be a big heist type thing that maybe you saw in the actual headline or you implied, but it was an interesting read as well. Check out the full details of the story and what happened the whole day, including the fact that they arrested, even though five people doesn't seem like a lot when a couple thousand people show up, it's five arrests that you weren't really expecting. Check out the details on that at our website to click the link for this week's podcast, and you will see the links for all the stories here. Now, I promised you crazy, and we got really crazy. The number one story is the top Facebook and Twitter story for the week. It's a bumpy response from the number two story of 99.25%. That's from the two story. The number 10 story this week, which was the man who bought coffee and gave himself diabetes, a bumpy response of 1,231%. And from the almost relevant story this week, number 197, 72,775%. That's how much more engaged this one was, and the numbers were bonkers. The story is bonkers. It's actually a super story, which was pretty high on its own, but then it this, this pushed it into, actually, it secured a number one. It was already number one. One headline was number one. This one, instead of taking up one and three, became a super number one. The headline we are going with, YouTuber Etika has been found dead in New York after posting a video expressing suicidal thoughts. We pulled it from BuzzFeed. The other headline attached was, YouTuber Etika goes missing, personal belongings found on Manhattan Bridge. That one posted Sunday, June 23rd. The finale one, another finale, if you will, on Tuesday, June 25th. Uh, this um, This is a tough one to get into, so bear with us. Just take a breath. This I don't want to say this is a trigger type thing, but take a breath and we go into this one because this one is a deep, serious story that kind of goes into our the times we live in. YouTuber Desmond Afa, who went by the name Edka online, has been found dead in New York. Left was reported missing, please say Tuesday. Authorities discovered Amofa's body in the East River on Monday after responding to a 911 call a New York police spokesperson told BuzzFeed News. He was reported missing after he was last heard on the phone June 19th. On Wednesday, the city's medical examiner said Etika's cause of death was drowning by suicide. Concerns about Afa Amafwa's well-being arose after he uploaded a nearly eight-minute video on YouTube last week in which he talked about his mental health, apologized for pushing people away, and discussed the dangers of social media. A quote from the video. I really had no intention of killing myself, Amafwa said in the now-deleted video that has been reposted by other YouTube. But I always push it too far. I guess I am mentally ill. 
In the video, he appears to be walking on the streets of New York City. Amofa, who vlogged about video games to over 130,000 YouTube subscribers, also says, I hope that my story maybe helps to make YouTube a better place somehow in the future. You do not immediately respond to the request for comments. This goes deeper, so check out the link on our website. Go to thisisaconversation.com and check out the link for this week's podcast and click on the link for this story. Read deeper into it or search it online. This has been something that's been a really big deal for YouTubers and video makers in general. Uh, essentially, the vlogosphere, the creator types, the people who are making a living by doing it themselves, independently producing videos doing things that in some cases seem like they don't have much value playing video games doesn't seem like it has much value but people watch them they make money off it and that's what happens you allow me to commentary just a bit as a person who is a creator i am literally doing it right now essentially what these people are doing uh, all the platforms that exist and all the ways to reach out people and all the people out there are being reached becomes a bit of a struggle to maintain all that heavy lifting, all that hard work, and all the accolades that you can get and the ones that you aren't getting. For some people, it gets depressing that they can't make an impact. And for some people, they make an impact and they realize this is hard work and takes a lot of effort to keep doing at a good level. And remember, most of these people are doing it independently or just one or two guys making it work, and they don't have some sort of studio or some sort of support system around them other than the other guys blogging and doing the stuff because they're peers. There is an issue that needs to be addressed in this situation, and it's not going to be addressed anytime soon. It's not. It's really actually pretty complicated to make it work out. But the biggest issue is the fact that mental health is an issue here in the United States. Mental health is probably an issue around the world in senses like this. And a lot of people are gaining way too much of their identity from being public figures and not actually doing very much. Too many quote-unquote influencers who um, have the the luck and the genetics to look really cute and wear bikinis and kind of sit around all day and sort of be kind of models, but not really models, are living the lives that other people are looking at. And people out there who do not have the capacity to do that are feeling less adequate about themselves. Suicide is a very serious thing. It's something that every time we have a story about suicide here, we bring up the suicide hotline. And that is exactly what we're going to do right now. That number is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. Last four letters, spell out TALK. If you want to go online, you can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And you can talk to, you can chat with. There's a text line, crisistextline.org. There are so many ways to reach out. You probably have local things in your area. Uh, you probably have a friend or a family member who will listen to you. Sometimes they don't understand you, but they will listen to you and they will be there with you as long as you need. If you're feeling the press, you're feeling out of sorts, you're feeling like things can't get any better, so this is one way that they can't get any worse, this makes things a lot worse. So think about that and think about making some contact with someone. You want to reach out to me, reach out to me, go ahead. But this is a serious situation for mental health, and it's it's a really weird subset of people who aren't so much narcissists. I'm not a mental health uh, uh, professional, so, so don't get down on me on this one. But people who aren't so much narcissists but have a lot of identity built into their public persona being very large, very public. I don't know how to fix it. In fact, I'm trying to be more of a narcissist to get more views and more people listening to my stuff. So I'm really the wrong person to be trying to trying to come up with solutions on this one. But this is something that is serious, that may seem like a throwaway story for most people out there who don't watch people play video games all day long. I can't do it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But there are people out there who have so much wrapped up into their identity of this thing, they're having a hard time dealing with life. And so if you know someone who may have some issues, make sure you check up on them today. If you're having some issues yourself, get yourself checked up on today. Reach out to me if you need to. Call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Go online. Do whatever you can. Have a chat. Find some way to relax, calm down, decompress, 
and take a look at what's going forward because there always is a forward. Coming up in just a moment, we will go to our housekeeping. We have to explain two super stories this week and why the numbers aren't so much skewed, but we can't really help when Twitter kinds of skews us in the process. We'll explain all that in housekeeping. Plus, the number 197 story this week, the almost relevant story, a very low story, which does not follow the trends here on the wrap-up show. Which from this is the conversation.com, i.e. the conversation project. The Conversation Project exists because of help from you. The simplest way to help us out is to listen every week, but also stop by our website and click on the links for our sponsors. Every week we showcase a specific sponsor, so you can talk about, we'll talk about that in a moment, but we have links for all the sponsors, all the different ad people who are selling ads, selling stuff to you guys, but are going to sell stuff that you guys can use. And if you use it, we thank you for giving us that little bit, a little couple of coins we get from what happens there. In the meantime, let's talk about one of my favorite sponsors. They've been with us for the entire duration of this program, this project, this podcast, and that is Cloud9 Living. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash cloud, the numeral nine, and you can get a great deal on your gift certificates from Cloud9 Living. Now, you want to get a gift certificate because you don't necessarily know exactly what experience you want to get to. There are over 2,000 experiences across the nation you can deal with. You can drive fast cars. You can fly slow air balloons. You can go golfing. You can get massages. You can get uh, extreme packages for for picnics and all sorts of things. If you can think it up, they've got some sort of package for you. And the cool thing is when you give a gift certificate to someone, they can use it on whatever they want to. If you think they have a weird taste and you can never figure out what to get for them, Buy them a gift certificate to Cloud9, and Cloud9 Living will take good care of them or you if you buy it that way. Here's what's also really special. Let's say they book or you book a, a experience and you change your mind. No problem. Full money back into another experience with a full price of the experience. Let's say you buy a gift certificate and you put it in the drawer and just like everything else, you pull it out a year later and you realize it's there. With other gift certificates, with other gift cards, you'll find that they'll probably take off some value on it because they want to, you know, amortize and whatever. You get the full cash value of your gift certificate for the length of its life, which means until you spend it. Cloud9 Living will take care of you on the experience, and it'll take care of you in the act of buying the experience. You get an extra deal, extra off your gift certificate when you go through our link at thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9. So check that out and check out all the great experiences you can get and just see that a vacation is nothing compared to an experience. And Cloud9 Living wants to do just that, give you an experience and get a great one from Cloud9 Living. It is time for the housekeeping segment of the deal, housekeeping segment of the podcast. And housekeeping item number one is the housekeeping segment will survive, but we're looking into changing up the format a bit on the podcast again. We'll see what happens, what works. We're hoping to get back into the groove with actual interviews. We hadn't quite figured that out yet without the main studio and the scheduler we had before, but hopefully we'll get back into interviews, which means we'll have the brackets game. And if that happens, we'll have to do something to trim up some of the time. We'll probably put the 197 or the almost relevant story in the very quick rundown for the rounding out the top 15. We may get rid of the rounding out the top 15, just go straight to that story for the almost relevant. We will see what happens, but that's something we're trying to work on in the future. If you want to give us any input, email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com or message us via the website. Very quickly on the housekeeping, two super stories this week, and there was two very serious super stories this week because we were able to track the, the, the downfall, for lack of a better word, of two more or less famous people, one being Beth Chapman, one being the YouTuber Edka. 
And whether you follow him or not, he's been a story that we've been posting about for a few weeks. And the fact that he went missing was basically the big trigger after committing suicide over the weekend, essentially. But two super stories. That story uh, for YouTuber Edka, Edika, uh, it's hard to say his name, Edika. It, 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 like we said, he was the number one story, number three story combined. He became the number one by leaps and bounds uh, for Beth Chapman. Her stories was more of a uh, middle 15, somewhere in the middle 15 story, and then slightly below that. So combined, with the two numbers pushed together, they leaped up into the top five, at five, exactly. That's how tight some of these stories are, especially towards the lower end. Uh, the Twitter madness at the top end was insane, which is why the top story is 72,000% more popular, more responsive than the number 197 even though that's that's even lower than normal, and it's it's an oddity as we'll get to in a second. Uh, also, something that needs to be explained is the numbers themselves. The numbers are not skewed per se, but there is a large swath of a day, that being Wednesday, which apparently Twitter this morning when we pulled in stats decided we didn't get any 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 credit for. So we had a day that we had a full slate of tweets out there, but as far as the actual charting, Twitter told us that it wasn't really worth it. So apparently enough of the stuff that's out there was there. But it's, it's just an oddity that happens every so often on Twitter, specifically when we're pulling the stats, where so often we'll lose stats for a day and they'll be gone. And then sometimes they come back before the end of the week's over. Sometimes they just take a while to come back. We have it's, it's a free platform. It's free to use. It's free for us to use. So we can't complain too much. But... It is something that, that may have skewered some numbers this week. As far as I can tell, nothing's really out of the ordinary. We had plenty of numbers to catch up on the levels as well. Now, for the almost relevant story of this week, we call it that because it's the last story at the bottom of the list, and it's usually something that really is actually more relevant than people think. It just gets that way because it usually is a very late comer, and so it doesn't get a chance to add any scores. And what I thought was going to be the almost relevant story was the last story we posted before I pulled up the stats this morning to do the rundown. What we found out is this week's 197, the bottom of the list, was posted on Sunday, June 23rd. So this one sat around all week long and didn't get very much response from Twitter or Facebook. And this one, oddly enough, is another death one. But this one is a more celebration than the other two. Headline, Dave Bartholomew, a father of rock and roll, dead at 100. So I'm not sure if it was the placement of it. I'm not, I can't really tell other than the date that was posted when we pull it down. The, um, the time the stamp doesn't get transferred in the mix. But I'm not sure exactly how it happened. But this is one that I thought would definitely not be at the very bottom, even if it didn't make it very high. Let's read into the story. The source for this was NPR. Dave Bartholomew, a New Orleans trumpeter, songwriter, band leader, producer, and arranger, has died. His son, Don Bartholomew, confirmed to the news to NPR. He was 100. Best known for collaborating with an extraordinary string of hits with Fats Domino between 1940 and 1963, Amassing more than 100 entries on the pop and R&B charts during that span of time, Bartholomew was one of the primary architects of the sound now known as rock and roll. David Lewis Bartholomew was born on Christmas Eve 1918 in Edgar, Louisiana, the seat of the St. John the Baptist Parish, located about 40 miles northwest of New Orleans proper. Some of the first live music Bartholomew heard came from the bands aboard showboats that docked at Claire's Landing in Edgar as they steamed up and down the Mississippi River. But there was plenty of music at home, too. His father, Lewis, was a bass and tuba player who performed with jazz clarinetist Willie Humphrey. In 2016 documentary, Bartholomew recalled gathering with friends and relatives around his neighborhood's single radio to listen to Louis Armstrong with whom he'd soon share a formative city. After his father moved the family to New Orleans while Dave was still a child, opening a barber shop in the uptown part of the city. Go to the website, click on the links, and read deeper into his history, and kind of get to know the folks that are the backgrounds of people. Now, we don't really think about things like this these days because the rock and roll we listen to is 
for lack of a better word, kind of watered down, to be honest. But the old guys, the still old guys are playing, the guys like the Stones and Bruce Springsteen and those guys, uh, they all attribute their backgrounds to the guys that were, that were playing um, a lot of the edgy, jazzy stuff from way back in the day and blues stuff for basically things that inspired them and things. And so while K-pop bands probably not sticking up for on Don Bartholomew, uh, they actually have something in a way of a reason to thank him for music as created today. I know it's kind of, it's kind of weird and odd, but that's just the way it rolls. Also, us, the way we roll is our shout-outs. We'll do that in just a moment, giving a little extra love to those who gave us some extra love this week on Twitter and Facebook, and we will go to rounding out the top 15. Tell you what stories weren't quite there and maybe a little bit on why. Coming up next on The Wrap-Up Show with Jay Cleveland Payne, This is the wrap-up show for the week ending June 29th, 2019. I produce a daily podcast that's based on positivity and your day started. We're not talking about my daily podcast. We're talking about one that people actually are tuned in and listening to, and that is Wake Up and Level Up with Mario Armstrong. Mario Armstrong is a guy you may have seen on TV. He's a tech guy. He actually was hosting on uh, Amazon on Prime Day last year. He, you see him on the Today Show doing the tech stuff and the app stuff, and he's had a very interesting, very long, very storied, sometimes a little checkered career to get to where he is, and he shares the details with you about how hard it is to be an entrepreneur, to be a go-getter, to just get up and do things. Every single morning, he more or less, he gives you a chance to wake up. He wakes you up because it comes out early in the morning and a way to level up, a way to start your day with inspiration and a quick fix to get things going. He's an Emmy Award winner and he is an amazing dude. And one day I intend to work with the guy. Till then... He helps me every single day as I listen to his podcast. It's called Wake Up and Level Up. You can find it at wakeupandlevelup.com or any place your pods are cast because it's pretty much everywhere, just like all the big podcasts are. So check out Wake Up and Level Up by Mario Armstrong and you get yourself a nice bit of quick motivation every single morning. And much later, we'll talk about what I do, and hopefully that's a, a boost to you as well. But today... We're showcasing Mario Armstrong, who does a lot of great stuff. Uh, look for all the great stuff he does. You'll He's all over the place. You'll see it. But right now, we're talking about the podcast, Wake Up and Level Up with Mario Armstrong. And before we round out the top 15, it's time for the shout-outs. Extra love that came into us via Facebook and Twitter, and we're showing extra love to you. Starting off with the Twitter folks. The Twitter shout-outs go out to I'm Me. Thank you, I'm Me. Also to AARP Goddess, Social Media Bomb, Considered the con- considered and Conceited Film Club Podcast. That's basic, simple, and thank you so much, another podcaster, showing love for us and our podcast. Also, Enrique Ferreira, Nia Ham, 10... NBC 10 Boston popping up. Thank you so much. A real news station. Wow, we might be real news source at this time. Anika Masru and Conscious Fashion Campaign. Thank you. Also, going to the Facebook side, the Facebook love, extra love we got this week came from another group of more or less usual suspects, including uh, Ruth Ann Miller, also Kwame Abdu-Bey, Derek Jones, uh, Thomas LeDuc, Karen Michelle, love from Sean Puzio, also Audra Allen, Wave Ellison, we're going to say it's Wave Ellison, uh, MDR Podcast, and some also love coming from Rebecca Davis. Strong love there. Appreciating that one definitely very much. So let's get on with the with the show and rounding out the top 15, getting things knocked out for this week. A little bit of a, a technical glitch is happening today, so it's taking a little longer to get things done. So hopefully there won't be too many faults and starts inside of the actual listening to the podcast. At number 11, this headline is Colorado got almost two feet of snow on the first day of summer. Saturday, June 22nd is the day it was posted. Some lines from KTLA Channel 5. We get this from a L.A. station, but, well, it just happens that way. Summer solstice, you say? Nearly July. Judging from the almost two feet of snow in Colorado, Mother Nature doesn't seem to care. 
Snow began to fall Friday just west of Denver at elevations above 7,000 feet. Snow also has been reported in parts of Montana, according to CNN meteorologist Gene Norman. Steamboat Springs saw 20 inches of snow on Friday, according to CNN affiliate KCNC in Denver. The winter weather advisory is in effect until Sunday morning, so the snowfall should continue. Norman said, even for the area, snowfall at this point is rare. Last time the city saw snow this late was June 17, 1928. Moving on to number 12 story, the headline for that one reads, Professor Alice Roberts leaves Twitter after facing, quote, hate, bow, misogyny. This was from The Independent, the UK newspaper online, and we posted this one on Friday, June 21st. So it lasted quite a bit, but not quite big enough to make it into top 10 territory, obviously. So let's read a few lines from this explaining her exit from the Twitter. TV scientist Professor Alice Roberts is taking a holiday from Twitter after receiving messages of hate, bile, and misogyny. The biological anthropologist said she has faced abuse in response to her message about gender. Roberts, who has appeared on the TV show Time Team and Britain's Most Historic Towns, recently tweeted about the notion of binary gender and shared articles about sexual diversity in animals. I'm taking a holiday from Twitter for a while, she wrote in her most recent post. I've argued for reasons, compassion, and empathy in discussions about sex and gender. They're opened me up to more hate, bile, and even misogyny than I've ever experienced before. She added, I'm sad and shocked. Humans can be so much better than this. Robert struck controversy on social media after posting a link to a Guardian feature inspired by a recent article featured in Nature about biologists believing the idea of the sexes to be inaccurate. So go ahead and click on the link for this one and see deeper details. It also posts some links to some of the people who um, posted out against uh, against the tweet that she did, basically some, some of the responses, uh, and showing you why she's getting out. A note at the top of the article, the aside is that she's joining Daisy Ridley and Millie Bobby Brown, two other British actresses, although they star and stuff over here, who leave social media for various reasons. Mostly they just get sick and tired of the back and forth of the folks in the Twitterverse. It's amazing how powerful something like Twitter is. We can't do a thing like this without something like Twitter, but also how amazingly just vile some of the people are and who abuse that privilege in some cases. It's not a right, it's a privilege, and people who do abuse it. The story that made number 13 this week, there's the headline, Georgia officials investigate after 54 kids sickened at summer camp. The Hill is where we got this one, which I thought was an odd place, but it was it was there, so we used it, we posted it. It got this much response. Saturday, the 22nd of June, also posted as well. So this one also lasted quite a bit of time. Let's read you a few lines from the article in The Hill. Georgia Department of Health officials are reportedly investigating after 54 children attending an Atlanta-era summer camp became ill. WSB-TV reported Friday that Rock Eagle 4-H Center in Putnam County, Georgia, was closed for overnight visits this week after dozens of children staying overnight reported signs of gastrointestinal illness. Symptoms began late Wednesday, Thursday, early Thursday, and include nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, Georgia Department of Public Health spokeswoman Nancy Nydrens told WSB. One camp leader told the news station that the number of campers showing symptoms spiked Thursday morning, prompting officials to take action. The camp will reportedly be closed for overnight campers throughout the weekend, but daytime activities at the camp will continue. The camp's pool will also be closed and clean as a precaution, according to the news station. More details on how they're going to work on this precaution there as well. This is a scary situation. All those kids got sick at the time. And, of course, there's no update to this story particularly. So I don't know what has been done since this came about. We posted it on the early part of the week, Saturday, the early part of the week, as we say, for, for our reporting schedule. So... No updates and no major postings on this anywhere else that I've seen. So we're hoping they got it cleaned up and the kids are all doing much better and back to being chipper and hopefully enjoying camp. I know I'd be upset if I had to miss my overnight stays at camp. Headline for the 14th spot this week, Bristol-Myers squib sell Gene slide after announcing delay in deal. We posted this on Monday, June 24th. CNBC is the source of it. Uh, just a quick line on this. Um, 
the, what happened was they had a psoriasis, a psoriasis drug uh, that they're working together and a deal uh, to work on that. They delayed the deal on that and they divested from working on that um, particular, particular drug. And both of the stock prices for both those companies went down big time. That's the big deal on it. If you want more details about the whole story, and it is a pretty big deal in there, uh, no pun intended, click on the link at our website. We have links to all 16 stories that we use today, the top 10, the one through 11 through 15, round those out, and at number 16 spot, because I can't get the number to change, the almost irrelevant story for the week. And finally, we are now done. And by that means we've got the last story to talk about today. The headline for that one is Acting Customs and Border Protection Commissioner John Sanders Leaving. We posted this from USA Today, and it was posted on Tuesday, June 24th. There was an updated headline that came up a little while ago after it was, um, once you know he's leaving, you have to replace him with somebody. And the updated headline goes like this. ICE hardliners replace outgoing CBD commissioner as immigration tensions escalate. Reading a bit from the article, the head of the Customs and Border Protections Agency is leaving and his replacement probably won't warm the hearts of advocates for immigrants. John Sanders, the acting CBP commissioner, resigned Tuesday amid reports of migrant children at the border being held in unsafe and filthy conditions. His resignation comes as the public furor has increased over the treatment of detained migrants' kids after lawyers reported some of the older children were caught caring for toddlers in the facility in Clint, Texas, and they lacked adequate food, water, and sanitation. Sanders is expected to be replaced by Mark Morgan, a former Marine and FBI agent who has been leading immigration and customs enforcement, ICE, for fewer than two months, according to a senior administration official who spoke on condition of anonymity because the decision has not been finalized. Morgan served as chief of the Border Patrol in the final months of the Obama administration, but he has since become a vocal supporter of President Donald Trump's hardline immigration enforcement strategy. He defended the president's controversial decision to declare a national emergency to get funding to expand and for the southern border wall. Quote, the president had no choice, unquote, Morgan said during a February interview on CNN. More details on that story right there at the website, so check it out. This is a conversation.com. This is a conversation.com. This is a conversation.com. Click on the link for this week's podcast and you'll see all links for all 16 stories we've talked about today. And as we finish story number 15, technically 16 is before that, we are done with the podcast for the day and for the week. So this is where I say thank you a lot, run off a lot of calls to action, and then say thank you a bunch more times. So let's get started, shall we? Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast this week. Thank you so much for voting in to get the numbers in for whatever stories you said you liked. And if you didn't like the stories that popped up, you need to be more responsive than the other folks have been in the past. And that is very simple. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at This Is A Conversation. But Instagram's your votes don't really count. On Facebook, though, and on Twitter, as the stories come down your feed, every 50 minutes we should have a news story in your feed. Like it, love it, hate it, share it, respond to it, respond to me. The more engagement you give to each story, the more it gets in the way of points, votes, however you call it. And at the end of the week, we tally it up and give you the top 10 stories as per you. It's just that simple. Now, to keep things going, you need to also share this with various people. Share the website, thisistheconversation.com. Share the Twitter feed and the Facebook feed. And, of course, share the love of the podcast, the end result. And it's very simple. You just... Talk to it to friends, talk to enemies, talk to random strangers about this podcast and make sure they know what's going on. In fact, grab their phones as they are right there holding them. Open up the podcatcher that you enjoy because it's really about you and your sharing. Subscribe to this podcast and hand it back to them and then walk on down the line and help some other people because they'll be so joyful that the thanks will, will won't be it won't be interpreted as thanks per easily because they'll be so overjoyed because you you took this task to help them out with that. Trust me, it helps. It works all the time. You can contact the show directly by emailing us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com or through the website, which again is 
This is theconversation.com. Find out more about me at jclevenpain.net or talk to me directly at jclevenpain at gmail.com. This week, our spotlight sponsor was on Cloud9 Living. Go to thisisconversation.com slash cloud9, number nine, for a great deal on gift certificates that never expire and never lose value and an extra 10% off your gift certificate buy through that link there. Also, make sure you listen to Mario Armstrong, who I will somehow make my friend eventually, but he has a podcast called Wake Up and Level Up at wakeupandlevelup.com. Get daily, instant, quick motivation and a real reason to help you get going. So real tips to help you get things the right way. And that's all we got for today. So a few more thank yous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you are subscribed yourself to the podcast. You don't miss out on another episode. And be here next week and find out what stories from Tinder you said were the most important things out there, more important than what was on the Chirons and the news stations all day long. This will be found out via the Conversation Project and this podcast, which is, of course, The Wrap-Up Show from this is the Conversation.com.